Hi there, I'm Ulf Sandstrom from the Peaceful Heart Network, and I'm here with two good colleagues and friends, and we're here to assess our learnings from a very specific situation, which is, could be very interesting for you if you are in a situation that has been a national catastrophe or a nature catastrophe of some sort. I'll tell you more, but first let me uh, allow everybody to introduce themselves. Gunilla, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm Gunilla Hamne, um, also from the Peaceful Heart Network. We have our base in Sweden, um, but working internationally. So I'm happy to have you here today. And then we have Kristen Miller, our colleague in California. That's right. I'm in Redding, California. And um, I get to know these two lovely people through some joint humanitarian committees, one for abuse and the other one resources for resilience. And I um, am delighted to be here. Yeah. So welcome, and, and just to let the listener know, the resources for resilience come from ASIP Humanitarian Committee, which you can Google, and the one for abuse is free of freedom, recovery, and empowerment from abuse. Both have the ending dot support. Yeah. Yeah, and we are here for a very special reason. I mean, we have been communicating a lot with Christine and during the years, especially the last nine months. And it's been a wonderful, wonderful collaboration. Learning yeah. and seeing how we can do outreach together. Uh, and that's what we do, all of us. I mean, what, what we do is we try to give emotional support when there is an issue because that's what we work with. We work with emotional first aid. So there are doctors taking care of the bodies. There is uh, firemen and police taking care of security and, 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 uh, and saving people. And then uh, we have a lot of other refers to responders, but we specifically target on what is it you can do and what is it you can learn because everybody can do something uh, when there is a situation like this. Could you give us a background, Kristen, of Shasta County? Sure. You know, Shasta County is in way Northern California, um, about 90 miles from the Oregon border and 150 miles in from the coast. So we really are rural Northern California. And um, this last year, both Shasta County and Butte County had um, devastating, devastating forest fires um, that have burnt way over a half million acres. Um, we've lost many, many, many structures and quite a lot of life, both um, human life and animal life. And um, I've been up here um, just about to use the word dancing, which all helped me to understand what I'm doing. A few weeks ago, we've been, I've been dancing in many different arenas up here in Shasta County. We've been um, with the firefighters and the first responders. We've been in the Red Cross shelters. Um, we've been in community recovery groups. We've been in the school system. We've been pretty much every place that we can get into. Yeah. To help people. And when we say, when I, we talked about dancing, I mean, just to explain that to people, uh, what we meant uh, is that all kind of human collaboration should be gracious. You know, it's, it's, it's playful. It's a dance. It's not like you're forcing something on somebody. It's like, what can I do for you? Can we join our efforts and elegantly 
and, and playfully uh, try to resolve this difficult situation in the best possible way. And this is something I learned from Gunilla because she's, she's a mastress at dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Gunilla, you always dance with people when there's, when there's a, a situation and people usually tell us, how do you go to these places and help people? It must be so devastating and depressing to be in all that agony. And it's not, it's not. When you help people, it's joyful. And you really do that too, Kristen. Yes, yes. Yeah, and so I, I mean, in our communication with you, Christine, it was like, if you tell, what were the challenges in the beginning to, to reach out to the community after? Because so many people lost their homes and so many people lost so much there and, and a lot of fear. And then you wanted to reach out. Can you tell what was the challenges in the beginning? Challenges, you know, I think the biggest challenge has been having people know that it's safe and helpful to meet their pain. People want to run away from the grief and from the um, trauma that they experienced with a fire coming in so quickly. And people want to shut down and they don't want to move through it. They want to run away. And so the biggest challenge has been to get people to tune in and notice how upset their bodies are and to actually use the emotional first aid skills that um, we have all spent um, many years developing. Once they do, everybody continues to do it because they see that it um, really, really helps to release the stress and the trauma around the incidents. But getting them there is a whole nother part of the dance. Everybody wants to be a wallflower. <laughs> so how did you do it? I mean, tell practical. What did, how did you do it? What did you say? How did you make people join the dance and, and see that there is some relief in, in letting go and first acknowledging and then, and then letting go? Well, I think the, the first thing is, is I showed up. <laughs> That's you know, a good one. That's a good starter. <laughs> yeah, I showed up. up. Um, shut up. I, okay. I showed up, I, you know, I was at the Red Cross shelters in both Butte County and Shasta County the day after the fire came through. And I smiled and reached out and held hands and um, breathed with them and connected. And I think that's the first avenue that I got in. And I also showed up after the critical incident where they lost a man on the utilities company and I was there and I showed up and I breathed with them and I tapped with them and I connected with them. And so by being there and doing it with them, they didn't feel so bad about downloading a silly little cartoon and tapping with it. So when you say there, was there a specific place? Because I think if people from other parts where similar natural catastrophes have happened. So did you have a meeting spot where you met these people or how did it look like, you know, after this? Where did you go? Where is the there? Um, there was seven Red Cross shelters. So I was in and out of three of them in the car fire and there was five um, Red Cross shelters in the campfire. And so I was in two of the campfire Red Cross shelters. So I went there where the people were that didn't have homes. 
Um, I went out on an EAP call and I was in the PG&E, the Pacific Gas and Electric Utilities Company. And what is EAP? What is EAP? Employee Assistance Program. I was um, in their in their lot when the men came off the hill with their their man who had passed away, um, and I met them, and we were in the parking lot and in dirt parking lots and in tents in 114 degrees, and we went through it. I met them in the hotel lobbies um, where they stayed overnight. Some of them, I met Cal Fire people in my office, my own practice office, and out also out in the field at the fire camps. And with the community, um, we did um, fire recovery groups. This was a bit after the fact, after the initial sort of disaster. Um, we met um, in churches and um, in the um, museum and in the the the, the community center for the town um, and the life center and pretty much any place that would house us, public health. Um, and we advertised it and we showed up and they came to us in those situations and the other outreaches I went to them. So were, you, it, already, were you already a, a volunteer for the Red Cross? I mean, you're a licensed psychologist. I mean, did you, had you done this kind of work before this happened? I've definitely done critical incident debriefing, um, but no, I was not a member of the Red Cross. Um, I am now almost fully a member of Med Red Cross volunteer now fully and fully trained. And that's been a process to be a mental health professional in um, the Red Cross disaster mental health. You have to go through quite a lot of training and you have to be licensed in the United States. But, but I, you can, can I, be on a disaster action team without a license. Yeah, because what I, what I would like to hear is people listening to this uh, might not be, have any training at all and uh, still want to help. And what Gunilla and I always say, and you say it too, because, you, because we all known each other for a long time, is there is always enough. There's always something you can do. You don't have to be a professional. What you need to do is what we just said. You show up. You're friendly. We even have this saying after working with refugees in Lesbos that uh, one of the best things you can do in a situation like this is to simply show up, offer a calm and safe space for just realizing that you can talk about things and maybe offering a cup of tea and a smile as a starting point. And on top of that, there are simple techniques that you can learn even from, like you said, by downloading the, the movie Winky that there's a link to in this pod or, or these um, self-regulation techniques that we teach. Have you been teaching people those? Absolutely. I have taught um, every technique. I, um, I just got back from the college class for the people who deal with the domestic violence and sexual assault. And um, we used all of these techniques and I trained them to use all these techniques with the people that they will see eventually. Yeah. And these techniques, the brilliance of these techniques is that anybody can learn them 
at any age and they can transport them to anybody and give them. My grandmother always told me that the proof of the pie is in the eating, right? So we can talk and we can sit here and say that there are these simple techniques and they can calm anybody down and anybody can learn them. But if I was listening to this, I would say, Gunilla or Kristen or Ulf, could you just instruct me or show me right now something I could do to calm down my emotional situation or my nervous system if I am in a situation, regardless of why, where I am feeling anxiety or stress or where I'm looking for hope or faith in some form. How can I do that right now? Yeah, how do, would you do that, Christine, just over, over telephone? You probably did it several times. Oh, yes. Well, I think the, the beginning phase is always to breathe. Mm. You know, breathe in short, hold at the top, and breathe out long, letting it go out the mouth. Why don't we do it together? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead and lead it, Kristen. Breathing in through the nose. Hold it at the top. And let it out through the mouth with a sigh. Let's do it again. Breathe in through the nose. Hold at the top. Let it go with a sigh out the mouth. Very good. Sometimes we call that the four, seven, eight breath. Wonderful, wonderful. Hmm. And apart from that, what other, I mean, breathing is, of course, I mean, that's, the, that's such a good way of, of, of starting because even if we think we breathe, sometimes we don't really breathe very well. So being conscious of the breathing, I mean, it's really talking to your nervous system. So what would be a second, second technique that you would um, tell somebody over the phone, Christine? So my go-to is always um, either chest tapping or chest rubbing. Mm. Okay. And, and chest, actually, chest tapping, just for the listener, uh, chest tapping is a favorite technique of us as well because of Gunilla's name. Can you tell that story, Gunilla? <laughs> yeah, my name is Gunilla, and it's a very super Swedish Viking name. Uh, being, uh, <clears throat> but few people remember it because when you come to another country, they will say, what? And then I say, yeah, you know, but it's easy to remember because it's almost like gorilla. And actually, you know, and then and people start laughing and they will always remember that gorilla. And then I say, I'm very proud to have that name because this tapping on the chest is exactly what the gorillas do. You know, when presenting themselves, they're feeling this is my space, you know, not hiding, but presenting themselves. So the gorilla tapping is just this tapping over the chest. So should we do it together also? I, I think we can actually hear it if we do it, you know, can you hear this? Yeah. Yes. So all fingers down, all fingers down on the chest, open-handed, like a gorilla. all over the chest. Mm. Yeah, because this also affects the muscles, because when we are worried or anxious or in um, different kind of not very happy moods, those muscles on the chest, they will also contract to close the body, you know, to... So this also helps the, even the muscles also at the same time sending signals to the brain to 
you know, it's fine. And, and if you move your elbows back as you do this, you know, kind of push your chest out and move your elbows back, you're actually um, expanding your chest and you will get more air inside and you're relaxing the very muscles that you're expanding by tapping on them. So why don't we do this also at the same time we will breathe and we will also make a tone on the out breath because it simply becomes more playful and fun. So let's do that. Breathe in. Hold your breath and breathe out and carefully tone. That was a wonderful chord, kind of in the, um, in the minor scale. So let's do this again and see if we can make a, a different chord. Breathe in. Hold the breath. Breathe out in tone. Mm. And you see, we can do this because we are, one of us is a licensed health professional, two of us are trauma consultants, and one of us is in California. So this is perfectly um, okay. And you can try it wherever you are. Absolutely. And can I just ask you, Christine, what do people say today when you come? I mean, they recognize you and, and have somebody given like a comment on, 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 on this process of learning how to, because you say that this difficulty in connecting and realizing the grief. So what is the difference today, nine months after these devastating fires? So the difference for me personally is... Um, because I've greeted the pain and the challenges every single day with um, skills to regulate my own system and to remove the blockages, um, my heart is wide open. And so just that allows me to go into the community and um, it's like um, being a light and people come and I get to train in all different kinds of venues now and people are open to doing almost anything that, um, that I suggest. Hmm. And it was not like that from the beginning as we understand. Not at all. Not at all. Our, 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 our County in Shasta is, um, has a lot of, sort of developmental or early childhood trauma and um, that people look down, people look away, um, trying to get into places to um, just give self-help skills. Everybody says, no, no, don't come. And now they call me up and I get to go and I get to go in any venue. I went to see a friend at the Turtle Bay Museum recently and she was in her staff meeting and I said, Hey, can I, could you take a pic? Could, could I take a picture of you guys? And they said, yeah, only if you'll lead us through a tapping routine. Wow. Yeah. And we sat down and um, we tapped. And so it's a welcoming, it's an opening in my community and the crisis initially on the, with the fire allowed us to come in very quickly because people were so desperately traumatized and 
people want relief and anything that you can do to connect with your nervous system and to teach your nervous system that it's safe and it can calm down. And you have also trained, trained other people. So there are many who knows these techniques in the different venues or different um, companies or places or how have you done it? Absolutely. Um, the, the, the week that they went back to school, we trained the head ACE coordinator and she trained the teachers and they went back to school in the middle of the car fire um, and they all tapped in the classroom and used breathing techniques and some other techniques that we do with energy practices. And there's one more thing um, also for anybody and everybody, because I just, I have two kids. I just imagine being a parent, uh, trying to be calm and cool to provide a safe space uh, for my kids to feel emotionally safe in, and at the same time being worried about the situation. <clears throat> and I just want to add um, that Shasta County, what you said about the county having uh, trauma, I, I, think, I think every community has trauma. And I think it comes alive when there is new trauma. So if there is old trauma, which there is everywhere where there's humans, when a cat catastrophe like this happens, like the fire, it also wakens up previous memories of trauma, which is why it's so important to take care of your emotional health, why it's so important to embrace simple things like this that really can make a difference in your life. And to, to make that difference, you know, it seems provocative to think that just breathing in, holding your breath, breathing out, tapping your chest and making a noise could actually in five to 10 minutes make a critical difference in your nervous system. And all you have to do is open your mind and try it. And everybody can do that. And we have a colleague um, who is Judith Simon Prager, who wrote a book called uh, Verbal First Aid. Have you been using this as well? because you, you are very intuitive of what you do, Kristen. Oh, yes. Her work is amazing. It's um, transformed the way that I talk to people. In what way could you give some example? You know, therapists, psychologists are problem-focused. Yeah. And we need to be hope-focused and recovery focused when we deal with people in crisis. Mm. And what that means simply is it's going to get better. To use her, her words, the worst is over. Yeah. We but can I, do this. And I think that is a wonderful, uh, wonderful place to wrap uh, today's talk up. Uh, here it's morning. Uh, where you are, it's evening. Uh, yes. The world is rotating. It's always 12 o'clock somewhere. And there's always somebody that you can reach out to. And the worst is actually over. Yeah, thank you so much, Christine. Just the last. So if somebody there in Shasta County, County still would like to know this, um, can they find you through Red Cross or somebody else? Or how do they reach out to, to get these tools for their school or for their working place or? Um, they can reach out to me through email um, at Chris, K-R-I-S, John, J-O-H-N, Mill, 
M-I-L-L at gmail.com. Okay. Wonderful. Okay. And they can get all the videos and all the PDFs through the Resources for Resilience website and um, end or Freedom Recovery and Empowerment website. Which is fria.support. Right. And also, we have an app uh, that, that you've been using a lot and that we all use. It's been used all over the world. It's been used in, in Costa Rica, in, in Nepal, in, in Rwanda, in Congo, in Sweden. Uh, Gunilla, how do they find that? Um, yeah, we have made an app that is in 22 languages. Of course, the basic language is English. And it's called Self-Help for Trauma. And it's both for Android and, uh, and for, uh, for iPhone. So it's for free and it's not, um, so it's only to download it. And, and there is instruction for more of this tapping that we did now on the, on the chest because there is a whole module, I mean, there's a whole um, other way of sequence that you can do. Um, that, and it takes a full five minutes. So give yeah. it a shot. <laughs> it's, it's called the trauma tapping technique, which is what, what Gunilla and I have been using most because it, it is truly simple. Uh, it allows you in five minutes to tap a larger sequence of points and get a more, more calm even. Very good. I mean, this is fantastic. So we wish, you know, um, everybody who is surviving and uh, bringing, uh, <clears throat> finding back hope after disaster to, to help themselves, be able to help themselves and help others with these uh, techniques. And please contact us uh, wherever you are. And thank you so much, Christine. And, and remember, yeah, thank you. Remember, there's always somebody out there who's looking to help you. All you need to do is lift your eyes, see them, and smile and invite them and let them help you because helping and receiving help is a gift in both directions. Yeah, and there's always somebody that you can help um, because through experiences, also, we of course understand situations more and more. And that's how with this catastrophes that it brings people together also and that is the beauty of it like you were saying opening your heart and then opening up the whole community to each other so bless you thank you let's, let's hum on this